Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to TV Party. It's the after party. It's the after party. It's a TV after party. I'm Allison Shoemaker. And I'm Clint Worthington. And we are going to be talking about and to some people who participated in the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend live tour. And I'm so geeked. It's times like these when I have a really hard time distinguishing between like critic me and person me who really there should be like more of a divide. But it's like the it's I, I don't know. It's like the the story of the boy in the Netherlands who had to stick his finger in the dam, right? <laughs> Only whenever I'm screaming about crazy ex girlfriend, I take my finger out of the dam, and then everybody's fucked. It's like that. Does that make any sense? <laughs> Is <laughs> let's, that let's say analogy? yes. Let's <laughs> say <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I I don't know. For me, I think uh, I mean, and then again, I guess I'm relatively fresher at this than than you so i'm still i'm not yet i'm not yet disillusioned but i I think it's my favorite part of the job is the the idea of of critics being able to champion the stuff they like uh which is always really nice but yes absolutely like we've gotten some you and i have both gotten some great chances to speak to some wonderful people from one of our favorite shows i I am also geeking out along with you cool because for the record this is not a jaded thing I guess it is a bad analogy because I more mean that it's uh, very easy to drum up enthusiasm for something you think is really well done when you're doing so from the privacy of your own home. It is much harder to do that from an objective distance when the person you're enthusiastic about is sitting in front of you or talking to you on the phone or like dancing on a stage. It's There's something about the immediacy that sort of like removes any vestige of professionalism and all of a sudden you're inches from being a screaming fangirl. And I totally get that, especially when you have to step back and realize that there's a difference between fan you and journalist you. So asking the questions that you want to really ask, like, will you be my friend? Uh, As opposed to, hey, what was it like doing this uh, show? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, um, it's it's a strange place to be in and made a little more strange when the people you're talking to are incredibly gracious and friendly and then you're just like there's this part of you that thinks do you just want to go have a beer after this but of course that's (laughs) not the relationship right like that's not at all what's happening um and i think that is as good a point as any to sort of transition into the first person we got to speak with which was so thrilling and he was so personable and warm and genuine and that's vincent rodriguez the third who goes by both vince and Vinny. but i'm just going to continue to call him mr rodriguez the third because i just can't <laughs> deal clint do you want to tell our fine listeners a little bit about how this came about yeah this was a crazy crazy day well i mean uh just a little peek behind the scenes uh, allison you, you tend to be the one who's kind of face forward in terms of seeking out uh, these uh, these people, especially with your existing crazy ex girlfriend cachet as a recapper and everything. So yeah, we just we got this opportunity to talk to Vinny. Uh, I'm, I'll call him Vinny. I'll I'll take that leap uh, to familiarity. We got a chance to talk to him the the day of the first of two shows uh, that he did in Chicago with the Vic, along with the rest of the crazy ex girlfriend live crew. And yeah, it was just this like 
half hour slice of time that uh, we were able to have downtown with him at the hotel where they were all staying. And we went back into like the lobby ish place that this uh, hotel had. So whenever you do hear this interview, you will hear some uh, sweet tunes in the background. But yeah, it was just such a crazy, crazy day. And even like walking up to that place, like I don't think either of us could believe that we were actually doing this. Yeah, it was um, it was a pretty surreal but cool experience um you know at this point in my fledgling career i don't know in my career whatever Uh um uh i've interviewed a lot of people um and every once in a while you still get like oh my gosh right (laughs) but talking to somebody in person which happens a lot less frequently is always a little more jarring and i can tell you that Mr. Rodriguez III was incredibly personal, friendly, warm. As soon as we started talking, he made Clint and I both feel really comfortable. But good Lord, he is one of the best looking people I've ever seen in real life. Yeah, he's pretty gorgeous. I think you mentioned the other day there's not a pore on him. He's just like this incredibly like bright. And another thing that struck me, he's just as bright eyed and enthusiastic and gregarious uh, as he is on the show. Like that personality just shines through. Uh, Yeah, like you said, he made us feel instantly at home. Like we felt like we were just just talking, just shooting the shit. And it was really, really cool. So you'll hear from him now. This is lightly edited for context and clarity and to make sure that we don't sound like assholes but this is pretty much just what a conversation when Vincent Rodriguez the third is like after this we'll be coming back with just a little bit more about the crazy ex-girlfriend live tour and one other person we spoke with which was really exciting so take a listen so how is the tour going mm. tour is going amazing it's so much fun it's mm. it's a whole new level of intimacy for the cast which already felt so like oh my god so magical and energetic and just it's 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 been thrilling on set to be in this show with these people but to take it lot to take it on the road Mm -hmm. live and i say live like that because there's this connection with each audience that changes the show Hmm. and then there's Mm -hmm. just the impulses of those of us on stage and we have a set list, but you can follow the whims <laughs> of the crowd a little can bit. Happen, yeah, <laughs> which I'm not used to because I came from a like musical theater background. Sure. And you do mm-hmm. your set show, and there's very little variance. Um, uh, but with this show, that is so not the case. So <laughs> if you saw, like, if there's someone out there who saw Portland or saw Largo, and then you came and you come tonight. Chicago at the Vic, you are going to see a different show. You'll see the same numbers, but there's going to be something else that's just not quite the same. And then there's going to be a bunch of other things that are absolutely not the same. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So what do some of those sort of on-the-fly changes look like? Well, um, for instance, like, so David Hull isn't with us, so we don't have him again until Wilshire Ebell in in L.A. So because of that, um, you know, we, we might... So some things are changed. So he was doing Friendtopia and Generalize About Men, but now Donna Lynn has, is with us on tour, so she's going to do those parts. So, so there's that kind of a change like that, which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But then, without giving too much away, because I don't know when this podcast gets released. <laughs> next week. Next, yeah, week? next week? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'll just say what happened. So you guys can like, <laughs> pretend. Like, in the future. Okay, we're in the future. Right. Okay. okay. So I, I found out two days ago, or two nights ago, that... Um, we were going to put put me and David Hull's track for Fit Hot Guys. Mm. 
so that television's Pete Gardner can come out <laughs> wearing my firefighter pants yes. and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing the choreography, not really knowing the song all that all that much. We did we, we crafted this bit. So so we mentioned it and Rachel looks at me and says, Vinny, are you are you cool to learn David Hull's track? Are you gonna be able to do it? And I looked at her, the calmest, the deadpan, just like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Sure. I'll figure it out. Like I got it. I got it. I've been I've been listening to the song forever. I'm gonna I've been learning it kind of already because I'm I'm a super fan of the show, so I listen to all the songs and I like learning the choreography. From the sh- from numbers I'm not in, <laughs> also I'm a huge fan of Catherine Burns, our choreographer. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it's so yeah. So so last night or yesterday, I dur- during our five hour rehearsal with our band, um, uh, we have a drummer Ethan and an Adam Schlesinger, who's uh, one third of our music team, our songwriting team. Jack Dolgen is with us. He's also part of the um, songwriting team with Rachel. So we have the whole song Crazy Ex Girlfriend songwriting. Emmy nominated team with us on the tour, <laughs> yeah. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's a huge factor. We haven't had a live band till Chicago. Oh, so great! Yes, yeah. nice. so we're gonna have a live band all the way through Wilshire Ebel, and I'm I'm not sure about Covina because I only know you know we're kind of kind of we're kind of taking it one step at a time. Yeah. It's uh, it's a lot. It goes by so fast. Totally, this, this tour. So anyway, yesterday I'm like learning Fit Hot Guys. I'm I'm learning the lyrics, at the same time I'm learning choreography, <laughs> which is a fun little challenge. Like I knew the song, I know how it goes, but like I'm I'm looking at n- not not cheat music. I'm looking at just lyrics and mm-hmm. writing in marks for when to take a breath, which word is operative. How do I remember that it's everyone and not like how do I know I start this verse or I don't start this verse? Mm-hmm. It's just weird things like that. So it's really fun to kind of stretch to to get my wake up my musical theater muscles, right, right, um, and learn something so quickly, mm-hmm. and then also be a part of this process where Rachel kind of approved the bit, you know, and we talked it out, and then we talked about the improvs within the bit. So she really is writing this on the fly, mm-hmm. and it's such a cool process because I'm not in the writers' room at Creators, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. That's I've been shadowing on the show, like watching directors work and behind the scenes stuff when I'm not called to set, but the writers' room is a place I, I haven't got to shadow yet mm-hmm. so this was kind of i feel like a door like the next best thing where rachel is like listening to our improvs and going oh yeah you should set it up this way and so just kind of being a part of her world mm. in terms of how she structures comedy and you know i i she she, she encouraged us to take ucb um after season one so I, I that's what i did i took ucb 101 and then that was my first hiatus and second hiatus which was the this one i took UCB 201. Yeah. Um, Gabrielle Ruiz, who plays Valencia, did the same thing. So we were talking about with J- talking about with Jack and, and Rachel, like the game of the scene, like what's the bit, what's the funny part of the scene, and how do we highlight that, and how do we support that, how do we set it up so we can knock it down, and then um, you know, like yeah. So it's it's been really fascinating. Yeah. So so that's one of the things that's crazy on this tour and crazy fun is that Rachel can be like. Hey, do you want to do this? Are you comfortable with that? I'm like, cool. Let's like rehearsal. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And then like, okay, great. So tonight, like, I'm doing <laughs> Fit Hot Guys, like, that's pretty, that's singing great. David Hull's part. Like those lyrics I've never sung, and uh-huh. choreography I learned yesterday. And Catherine Burns is here with us in mm-hmm. Chicago because we had to use some choreography. 
so it, it's been awesome fun. But yeah. after this city, man, we're 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 every day for the next. So let's see, your day's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. For the next five days, we will be in a different city each day and do a show the same night we travel. Oh, holy cow! That's crazy. Which is not common. Hence for... the many beverages. Yes. Oh the, my gosh, the beverages well, and bags. I, yeah. I love. Well, love. I mean, <laughs> I'm supposed to be drink, be stay fully hydrated. Yeah. On my on my new kind of lifestyle diet fitness journey thing because I've lost a bunch of weight in the last six months. And just staying hydrated is half the battle, man. Mm-hmm. And staying caffeinated as well. Oh. <laughs> also, my, my, my probiotics. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> got to keep that, yeah. that healthy digestive system. Yeah, I want to keep, keep it going. got to keep it going. got to get that gut health. Yeah. Get that gut health. Hashtag <laughs> gut health. Right. Um, well, you mentioned choreography before. Like, what's What are sort of the challenges or differences in addition to the improvisation and stuff, uh, adapting these numbers from the show to the stage? Like, what, what challenges have you had to face? Well, I mean, you know, it's a proscenium house, so mm. the audience is in front of you, but it's also a live audience, and each venue changes. So some of our some stages are bigger than others. Um, a lot of, Some of them are cavernous. Uh, and some, I mean, they've, they've all been pretty big. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the audience size has ranged from, you know, 270. I think the largest so far has been 1,800. Wow. Hmm. So we went from, like, 800 to 1,800, and then to a thousand. So last night was a thousand. The night before that was eighteen hundred, and that was just madness. <laughs> that was just like, like uh, Seattle. If you're listening, you <laughs> almost broke my eardrums <laughs> when we came out. They went nuts, and then when Rachel Bloom came out, it was just like, and I can't hear out of my right ear anymore. Mm. <laughs> just what? I can't. I'm gonna have to learn sign language now. Um, <laughs> well, now you know what the Beatles went through. Now I know what it feels like to be a rock star. <laughs> yes. Um, it was just. It was great. So it. So with. So there's the audience vibe. You know. There's. Um, Rachel does a little bit of stand up. So it's like a mix of stand up. Um, I was telling Rach like it feels a little bit like long form improv. Hmm. You know. There's no one word suggestion. There's no ABCing the idea. There's. We're not initiating scenes. You know. But the but there but ideas happen, and um, and we because it's us and we kind of trust each other and we've been working with each other for so long, and we've kind of gotten learned the live vibe from Rach because she's she's our leader and she sets the tone, and and and, and you know kind of helps us give ourselves permission to to be with her and to be creative and be ourselves and be authentic. It's one of the things I really love about Rachel Bloom um, not only she is, is she amazingly talented a writer songwriter and actress but she she has a spirit that really is infectious in, a, in such a positive way you know because as actors and musical theater people we're, we're particularly musical theater people we're just mm-hmm. used to like you audition for the part and if you don't fit that, that cookie cutter they created for you then you're you're kind of done like I didn't I, mm-hmm. I auditioned in New York for many for a decade and trying to get my Broadway show never got it and and it was a, such a huge struggle for me, and I bring it up a lot um, because it really was a part of my development, I think, and my journey as an actor, figuring out like, okay, I'm very different, and I feel like a black sheep. Um, ooh, emotions! Holy, holy crap! <laughs> um, you know, it, that really does something to you. And Crazy Ex-Girlfriend talks about that, and we, I mean, it's not humanizing; it's just normalizing. You, it's okay to feel odd, to mm-hmm. feel like a black sheep. We all go through that, but we go through it. 
some of us think we're doomed to stay there, and we're not. And it, you know, I, um, I had the, I was fortunate to recently see my audition for Josh Chan, <laughs> and and it was so interesting because I saw Josh. I had never seen this tape. This isn't. There's no. There's no. You know. There's no. Big sets. There's no fancy sets and cameras. This is just me in a room in New York, and I l- watched this, and it was like watching an episode. And then I looked over at Ra- Rach, and she, Rach was like, "As soon as I saw your tape, I knew you were Josh." <laughs> and I watched it and went, "Oh my God, it, that's me!" But I was watching this version of me that was so free, and really just kind of stripped away all the no's I had heard. And was just said, you know what, fuck it, like f it, um, bleep it out. Um, you know what? Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna be myself, and because this breakdown describes a lot of who I am as a person, and that's something I've been struggling to find for so long in my career and in my personal life. Um, you know, I had mission statements that were just all business, business, business. Never mentioned. A romantic relationship or getting married. I mean, I'm married. I'm, I'm. I've been married to my husband for three years now. We we got a house. Like, my life has changed exp- like exponentially since since my days of New York. So it's just so interesting that that now I've been blessed with working with um this this phenomenal person Rachel <laughs> Bloom who kind of helped set a tone for me professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. And now on this tour, it's like full out. Like we all get to just bring ourselves and have fun on stage, off stage, during the show, on travel day. You know, we're still people. We still like we need sleep and we get cranky or whatever. But yeah. <laughs> but we legitimately have a good time, whether on stage, off stage, and we we we're, we're creating. We're a part of this process. Mm-hmm. It, it's it feels so celebratory mm-hmm. and um, exciting because also she writes this material so that. We, we can bring ourselves to it. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting that like this vehicle comes with a lot of perks. Yeah. And and it's not just for us, obviously the people in it, but the look on our fans' faces when they see us in person or when we come out on stage, that love, that cheer, that energy, I'm, I, I know, I'm smart enough to know that that comes from, that is, that, that is a, that is a manifestation of how much healing they have gone through by watching our show mm-hmm. and by following us on social media and allowing themselves to escape. We have, a, you know, we're in some troubling times right now, yeah. and um, our show provides this this escape. But we also talk about some really dark things, mm-hmm. and we help people kind of accept themselves mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. and know it's going to be okay yeah. you know so 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 we can we can talk about you know you know my diagnosis where you're going through you know mental health issues but we can also talk about you know being heartbroken and feeling less than and, and you know mm-hmm. not, not loving yourself enough there's so that, that theme is carried throughout our show mm-hmm. and people feeling lost you know this is my this is um, the moment is me. Like Heather, just wanna. <laughs> she's like, I don't want to graduate. I don't want to move on with my life. I don't want to grow yeah. up. I want to keep doing what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, so it's such a it's it's so interesting to see the certain issues in our show and how they um, 
and how how the our audience like kind of vibes with it. Well, did it surprise you to see that connection with your fans? Like, no, only yeah. be- only because like I'm a fan of shows too. Mm-hmm. So when I whenever I see an actor who's been in a show that really hit me hard, that's the first thing I feel. Mm-hmm. But I'm so I'm now more aware of that feeling of how Vinny. That's a feeling you have because you have a relationship to that show and that character. You're in front of the person who plays that role. They are a person. Mm-hmm. Their job is to do that. They they didn't know you were going to feel this way. So just yeah. know when you talk to them, you're going to be nervous. But no, there's the person and then there's the the, the thing that you've put on them, the mask, the filter. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, um, man, I've been a bumbling idiot talking to some celebrities <laughs> in my youth. Yeah. I just could not talk. So now, so I've, I've encountered that too. Mm. If you're listening and you've met me and you've felt really dumb, because <laughs> you're like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. <laughs> One of the first things I say is, Okay, so you can not freak out. Yeah. I'm right here. You're good. Do you, where's your phone? Because we have to take a selfie now. Right, right. <laughs> and totally. we can do a freaked out selfie and maybe like a not so freaked out selfie. Because <laughs> I know what that feeling is like. It's so exciting and it's so thrilling and it means so much to them. And I don't, I don't have to know the details of why, but I know it's important. And, and I know that it's healing. And mm-hmm. it's... And it's it's special, and so I mean, we just got we just got our season four pickup. Yeah. So it's so exciting to see what happens with all these characters, mm-hmm. where we end up. I have an idea, of course, of what happens, but but yeah, I mean, with this group of people, mm. it's like who knows what ideas are going to come sure. to the table? Because because <laughs> right. Rachel and Lena are pretty percent, you know, they 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 write for us. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to know the writers' room is like I call it the magic room. They like know so much about us, and they really utilize um our strengths and uh and use that in our characterization so nice i'm excited to see what what happens in season four i've gotten a little hints but <laughs> i honestly don't know full out like, well we won't grill you about that but yeah. i do so i love the photo of all of you finding out about the renewal on the plane and yeah, i'm just yeah. curious what that was like. like my first question just for myself was i wonder how people reacted when there must have been like quite an overjoyed uproar like with a, a row of people on the yeah. plane woke up a few people yeah <laughs> yeah sure. jack was sitting in um, a few rows down from us so he didn't know he was like had headphones on so rachel got had her laptop out and like signed up for internet and um she's like you guys you guys you guys so we are leaning in and it's so funny because we weren't all sitting in the same row the day before scott michael foster opened up his phone and i hit uh, the app for our flight and was like Hey, you know, let's all just like sit together. And we're like, okay, cool. And so he moved all our seats so that we, because we were on the same reservation, he moved us to sit in the same exit row. Mm-hmm. So we were all sitting together, and it just kind of all worked out. And then I, when we got on the plane, Rach says, "You guys, there's a chance we might find out about our season four pickup while we're on this plane." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, snap." That's exciting. <laughs> you know, we were yeah. all so tired. Um, so she shows. So Rach takes a nap, and um, she wakes up before I start my nap. And um, she's getting on the internet. And as soon as she's getting on the internet, I, sh- I see that she's going to Twitter. And I'm like, okay, maybe I won't go to nap. Won't start my nap quite yet. And the, I felt it, and I saw it in her body. She, she was, she just like. <gasps> And all of a sudden, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> this is awesome. 
and I'm flashing back to all the uh, the previous years of when I found out we got a season pickup. Like last year, I was in Miami having drag my first drag brunch in Miami Beach <laughs> with my awesome. husband, and, with my husband and our two besties. So there's this reaction video on my Instagram of me running through a rainbow crosswalk, screaming, <laughs> "Season three, we got a season three! Horrible toe touch, horrible toe touch, Toyota jump, you know, run off camera, um, you know." Cause that's fun, uh, but uh, but yeah. So this one we were on a plane together. It's such a trip. We were so happy, mm-hmm. you know, hands in like season three. <laughs> it was just so, it was, I, it was just perfect. It was really perfect. Um, mm-hmm. So we took that photo. I did a reaction video. I mean, and then and then I was and then um, Rachel's like, oh my gosh, we have to. I have to get up um, to tell Jack. I'm like, okay. So she's over there, and and in the beginning, I. My my first impulse was to grab my phone. I said, no, 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 no. Wait. <laughs> just watch Rachel approach Jack and just watch her tell him. And the I, I was like watching a movie and I was just crying because they were hugging and they've been working to, with each other for a long time before Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So I know this is this is their baby, you know? This is a huge deal. Ra- Rachel Bloom... Aline Brosh McKenna, Jack Dolgen, these people who were who are part of the the, the anatomy of Crazy Ex Girlfriend are gonna get to see the story to 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 its end, you know, because um, we weren't sure if we were gonna get a season four, and now and now it's happening, and it's like we get to tell the rest of the story and and, and give these characters their their full journey. So I so as soon as they hugged. I was like, okay, I'll take my phone out now. <laughs> and then Jack turned and was like, yeah, like fist, <laughs> fist, fist pop in the air. And yeah. I got that photo, which is pretty awesome. Nice. It's a good one. I saw it. It's a really good, it's one. A good yeah. photo. Rach posted it and someone said, I think this is my favorite photo of Jack Dolger. And I was like, I know, because he's so happy. So nice. yeah, it was, it was huge. And then tonight, like, man, we're just thinking, oh my God, this audience is gonna go nuts. Oh, Chicago loves definitely. crazy ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah. know, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't even, and, and that's the other thing too, is that there are countries that are flipping out over our show because mm-hmm. I'm getting tagged on Instagram like by the dude, by the dude who does my German voiceover. <laughs> I'm like, that's wow, cool. That's I feel great. bad because I'm like, he's like, dude, I don't watch your show, but what is this? And he'll, like the screenshot is me like in a firefight. He's like, why are you? <laughs> he kind of doesn't know what's going. He's got a script, you know. You have to contextualize it. Yeah, more. he yeah. doesn't. He just has to do the VO of my mm-hmm. of my lines. So it's kind of fun to see. There's a little bit lost loss of translate lost in translation <laughs> there. But it's it's I, I you know we this is our first time live touring, so mm-hmm. I don't really know how connected these cities are, these fans are to the show. Mm. Um, because this is our first time really connecting with them. And and Rich said that this. There was just no way we couldn't do this, you know. With a hundred, we hit a hundred songs this last season, and um, our fans love the show. We've done a few live shows at Largo, and this is just like, here you go, like we're coming to you, man. And they were like, "Great, we're gonna buy your tickets." I mean, mind you, in the beginning it was like all bots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rich had to do a bot sweep. We didn't know that was gonna happen, mm. and really, it was such a bummer. It really crushed us, like emotionally. Like we felt legitimately bad for our fans because they should get they should get the tickets. Yeah. They, you know, this isn't this is this is a very special event. We, we don't do this often. It's one thing. It's like a big, you know, high name rock and roll band or something. Because um, I'm sure that's more common. But for us, it's like no, we want 
we don't run the tickets aren't even that expensive it's we, this is for them because mm-hmm. it's going to mean something to them and it does and so you know a few weeks ago bot sweep yeah. all right tickets are re-released <laughs> oh there's a rachel bloom like fan club now where you can get like merch know about merch first i'm like i'm signing up <laughs> right do it i am now a i am now yeah sorry i was, looked at my phone i was like wait a minute hmm. oh, okay hi i was like <laughs> <laughs> is that about me okay um yeah so I, I, yeah i i don't know i i haven't been to chicago in a while last time i was here was with anything goes tour mm-hmm. uh and before that i did oh man was I here? I was here with Xanadu. Before that, I was mm. here uh, at the Marriott Lincolnshire doing Thoroughly, thoroughly Modern Millie. Mm. Cool. I have a nice. little bit of a, his, a Chicago history, mm. but this is my first time being here in this context. So. Yeah. It's got to be a very different experience. It is. Yeah. Uh, I, I would just say I'm, I've never been a rock and roll star, like mm. a rock star, but I bet this, this is close. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys going to be there tonight? I no, wish, I wish I could. But I we cannot. couldn't get tickets. We couldn't get tickets. So we are, there. however, yeah. when we leave here, we're gonna go talk to the people who are already waiting. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for the show. We're almost in certainly the snow. Yeah, in the snow and the cold. People line up at the Vic really, really early. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. We we've mm-hmm. we've encountered that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, if I can get my nap in. <laughs> I might come out and say hi. There you go. Cool. Yeah, I'm sure that would mean the world. Well, to before we let you go, because you've been so generous yeah. with your time, is okay. there one yeah, number it. you're not doing in the tour that you really wish you were doing? Mm. There, I mean, there are some great yeah. songs. Obviously, there are a hundred great songs, more than hundred yeah, great songs. Yeah, we have a lot of choices, uh, and I've, I've been, I'm a huge fan of what numbers we are doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's because yeah, I mean, I could say because this comes out later. So like, yeah, yeah we're doing Fit Hot Guys and Fuck Ton of Cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's have intercourse. Uh, maybe this dream. Um, strip away your conscience. Mm-hmm. I, had, I do head in the clouds. We oh, good. Have, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. That's great. You should definitely not have sex right now. Where's your awesome. launch? <laughs> yeah, nice. I mean, there's, uh, we don't do as many songs from season one, but uh, mm. no, I mean, it's all over the place. There, there's a hundred of them, so it's really hard right. to like. <laughs> sure. You'll be here all day if pick. you had to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't think if there's one like I wish. I, I think it would be really fun if Vela, because Vela's doing a movie and like a play right now. Mm-hmm. But if she'd done the moment is me, <laughs> and it was just me and Gabrielle being those cheesy <laughs> like High School Musical dancers yeah. behind her, because we're because Gabrielle and I already are are already doing that for Strip Away Your Conscience, mm-hmm. where we're kind of flanking. Rachel and were her Fosse dancers. Awesome. And great Gabrielle's like a Broadway veteran. Mm-hmm. So she picked up the choreography like in a second. And then her and I like check in about spacing and stuff. And because we've toured before. And I think that's the part that's kind of fun is that you go to a new venue and you check it out. And you've done this before. You've been in, you know what it's like to take your, the show you know, and to apply it to a different stage. Like, oh, they don't have a wing too. Oh, there are no wings here. So where do you want to stand? Like, mm-hmm. okay, here. It's like, oh, what what are you using to gauge where you stand for this moment? Like things like that mm-hmm. that are that are fun for us theater geeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah, it's like, oh, to... how many balconies are there? Okay, you gotta make sure we acknowledge that balcony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Little 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 things like that. Um mm-hmm. it's like, oh I'm gonna get lost. I better I better like figure out where the bathroom is. So <laughs> I got a four song break, and that's mm-hmm. it. And then, then it's like Gotta a train. No, but also the lineup changes all the time. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think um, what version are we on on our set list? Version eleven. Oh, oh wow. wow! It's probably nice. gonna be. Tw- it could be twelve by the time we get back. We're gonna do a sound check, and then um, 
Who knows? Right? But, like, but that's also kind of exciting with our show. Yeah. It's fine. Rachel's like, it's a live show. It's a, it's alive. Mm-hmm. The fans are there, and we get to be with them. Mm-hmm. So, and so the people who are seeing our show, like, you're getting something that's very, very specific. Yeah, we've rehearsed, but it's gonna be a show for you. Mm-hmm. You're a participant in it. Um, so people sing along and stuff and oh my god any I mean how could you not have stupid you stupid stupid bitch in the show right. and my favorite is listening to the audience sing because I remember when I I, I I did like five different voices because um, because for that song there's like she's like at a club and she mm-hmm. said sing with me oh yeah and all these group of people right. and then I was like oh that's funny so it's like this the bit is like she's this lounge singer in the club act and this is her song and mm-hmm. the audience is singing with her that's very Judy Garland or Bruno Peters yep mm-hmm. and then so I was like hey can I sing can I sing a, some some as like various people I was like yeah so I did like a drunk baritone <laughs> I did like a, like an operatic dude I did like a nasally guy I did like a bass guy like I got to do all these kind of voices but I had to learn the part mm-hmm. to sing it so it's fun to know like ah oh, somewhere in that recording I'm one of those oh that's so cool five of those voices <laughs> but to be backstage and to listen to a real crowd of a thousand people sing that <sighs> song yeah to 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 Rachel knowing she was like wrote helped write that song she's one of the writers mm. it's like I can only imagine how that feels and also it's just such a funny awesome song it's funny it's yeah. dark and you know it hurts mm-hmm. but right it's any it's a, song that includes the words poopy little slut can't be totally not <laughs> funny yeah yeah poopy i wish more songs had that phrase doesn't think it's so good and deceives the people she loves <laughs> it's just so good it's like we've all been there too mm-hmm. yeah so it's funny and it's ridiculous but it comes from such a dark place that i think everyone can kind of relate to mm-hmm. and at the end though you're like ah you're like oh silly bitch <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm a silly I'm the silly bitch right I'm gonna be okay I'll be fine <laughs> I can't help but imagine it feels like group therapy at times where there's like this yeah. massive mm-hmm. catharsis well happening. I think especially after this season and the dark places yeah. that it went it yeah. must be it was bound, that was bound to happen sure. though mm-hmm. and I think they knew that mm-hmm. um, and that's one of the reasons why we, I think there's this flux of people that are now watching the show or being more brave and kind of not necessarily like coming out but are kind of accepting themselves mm-hmm. and saying like yeah I've had mental issues and you know and I don't feel as bad about them because you're talking about them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're creating a dialogue so yeah it's like yay us and yay right. for you guys for for doing the work and like acknowledging it and giving yourself permission to, yeah yeah to feel broken or not be what you think is perfect no one's perfect we're all figuring stuff out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. literally, like I'm going to go to the, the, to the show and figure my stuff out. <laughs> right, totally. And by that I mean I'm going to find a couch and nap as long as possible. You know what? Start. Sometimes a little self-care is a good thing. Yeah. I love a little a self-care. A nap is right. really important. Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. man nap. That's definitely happening. Yeah, do the it. The real, the actual man nap, I'm a man taking a nap and we will sing the song man nap. Good, good, good. <laughs> Great. Yes, both. fantastic. Um, that, that episode, the, both the swim chan episode (laughs) and the um the episode uh where rebecca attempts suicide um after those air i 
write about the show and just me as a person who writes about it having people respond like all day just talk all day about how much it meant to them it was really striking Mm -hmm. like in writing about television that's not something you see very often so you should know it's like constant even for people who aren't directly related to it (laughs) it was really like very moving that was a big episode too man Mm. and that's rachel's favorite episode we packed it in i mean it was horror film you know fatal attraction Mm -hmm. type vibe but also just going to that far going to those lengths i think was important for the audience to Mm -hmm. see and then to see her kind of just keep fall how, how much lower can she possibly go it's like yeah you banged your ex-boyfriend's dad that's pretty that, i think that's the bottom of the barrel mm-hmm. there's only one direction from that point it's up yeah right <laughs> that's right. it i think you're scraping it yeah. um so it's cool i'm glad i'm glad we went there and it was such a fun episode to shoot yeah um joseph khan is actually one of my favorite directors he's, he's so great so kinetic like i, I keep championing detention his movie Detention, wow. which is fantastic, yeah. Yeah, he was he was awesome to work with. He knows his stuff, man. He knows his cameras. Holy crap! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever feel like because you get to try on sort of these different personas when you're doing the show, and and obviously in that episode you were sort of the like horror movie lead, yeah. Um, in no. something like Ping Pong Girl, you're fronting a pop punk band, um, and Angry Mad. All of a sudden you're in like an '80s dance movie montage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it ever feel like? those are things that you've sort of checked off of a list now like new skills you didn't realize you had um i I mean i'm not checking them off a list i'm sure they are i mean maybe (laughs) one day i will because i think that'd be fun to do you should totally front a pop punk band totally great oh gosh thank you um yeah, it's on I mean, the record now. I mean, it's. I mean, I was. I auditioned for American Idiot for both Broadway and and tour, and um, it's just fun to kind of take all these genres, this all these styles of music that I I had studied for various reasons throughout my musical theater career, and to have them utilized is is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a dream come true because like I don't I don't have a favorite genre of music. Sure. I really don't. I mean, I love musicals, but they're all derivative and all have various like rock and like soul and um, you know pop and R and B and I like it all. I think yeah. it's and I'm I'm gonna, and I'm going to continue to explore that as I as I you know mature and you know can afford to rent my, get myself an electric drum set and a piano again. <laughs> so get I that start, Casio. You get that Casio. <laughs> plunk out a few tunes because <laughs> I, I mean I was a musician since I was a kid. I picked up piano then clarinet and drums and saxophone as a drum major in high school so i have all those various interests and and now, now i like i want to get into writing and mm-hmm. hopefully like star in my own show and, and i've been training in action for the last year and a, like two years and i'm mm-hmm. working with a trainer recently i lost like 30 pounds and just trying to mm-hmm. open up my options and like really find out like what do i really want to do what stories do i want to tell and i would love to head an action an action movie that'd be awesome because that would be super fun um or an even like a an action an action drama or i mean an action comedy on television that'd be cool mm-hmm. so i'm like right now i'm in i'm in prep mode so spinning like twirling my weapons and training <laughs> cool. and action and stunts and learning you know various flips and things and that's awesome that's fun. 100% <laughs> would watch that movie yeah what's your one what's your favorite new trick that you've learned in terms of like action or stunt stuff or uh, like a weapon butterfly twist uh-huh. um, it's on it was on my instagram it's somewhere old in my feed I, I you can you can do it without equipment or like without a weapon but i did mine with a bow staff which it's my favorite move it's 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 i don't even know how to describe it you jump through the air 
so that you're parallel to the floor and then you twist your you twist in the air mm-hmm. you just twist your body your body just rotates and then you land and it looks cool when you have something sharp in your hand <laughs> yeah. um, but it's just weird because you're you know I can do a back tuck which is a back flip in the air just straight up and down but I'm talking about my body being like laying down on the floor like parallel to the floor and then rotating on that axis and that's that's already creepy to me it's like whoa it's freaking me out um so sorry, I can hear Pete Television's Pete Gardner oh, well. and Catherine Burns yelling in the lobby. I think it's time. No, please. To, no, no, to to totally. Yeah, well, yeah. thank you so much for doing yeah, this. Thank you. Break I really, really leg. appreciate it. Thank it's you so much for taking so the time. Great. Oh, that was a great conversation, wasn't it? <laughs> it's. I, it was just like being there again. <laughs> right? Just revisiting it. And that was another thing. Like You have no idea about this since it's an audio medium, but uh, once he left... Uh, Allison and I shared like the most wide-eyed look with each other and I sort of like <laughs> lifted a tentative thumbs up and you were like yes yeah because it was such a good interview and he was so wonderful and, and and gracious and like I said like we didn't even have to ask him half the questions we planned to ask him he just volunteered that information as if he pulled those questions from our minds which was really cool yeah it was really cool after we left this conversation Clint and I traveled to the Vic which is a theater in Chicago uh, which doubles as a second run movie house by the way if you're looking for a place to see a movie you missed in theaters and have a cheap beer the Vic and the Bruin View they call it is the place to go anyway we headed there to talk to some people who were trembling in the cold and just about like their experiences and stuff and uh, as we were doing it he pulled up in the car they were traveling in and got out to take selfies with everyone in line and it was the most endearing adorable thing it was pretty great. He was he was a good sport. Um, and yeah, and they the audience seemed to love love it too. Well, seemed yeah. to they definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm hedging that. Like it was they're waiting at three at three p.m. in the middle of a snowy day in Chicago in April. Uh, of course, they're going to be there. Yeah. It was um, it was really something else. And then just a couple hours later, I got to go to that show, which was yeah, that was touch amazing. and go, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, if you are a person who loves the show, if you follow. Rachel Bloom or any of the other people who are on the tour on Twitter, you've probably seen that when these tickets first got released for the show, uh, bots bought most of them really, really quickly, like snapped them right up in a hurry. And eventually they did a bot sweep and got a lot of those tickets back, released them to people who are on Rachel Bloom's mailing list first, but those tickets also went really quickly. So there was just no way I was going to get to go. And at the last minute, um, that came through, which is great because I'm supposed to write about it. So I was just going to have to, I don't know, not write about it. So um, <laughs> just imagine what it might've been like. And yeah. Then, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it was, it was really great and I was so glad to get to go. Yeah. So how was it? Tell me a little bit about your experience. Like how was the live show living in it, swimming in crazy ex-girlfriend songs with a bunch of rabid crazy ex-girlfriend fans? Oh, well, it was, I mean, it was amazing. First of all, it's just, it was really cool being in a theater that big. There were so many people there. It was packed. Um, who mostly, you know, they all knew the words. There wasn't a ton of singing along because people really wanted to listen, but there was a lot of cheering. There were a number of standing ovations. People were in costume. People were wearing t-shirts. It was just a delight. Uh, but the biggest thing that made it so entertaining is, of course, the people who were performing, uh, all of whom across the board were super entertaining, engaged, game Um they were having obviously having such a good time together. That was really endearing, and they sounded amazing. Uh, sometimes you see, especially if it's like a 
comedy song or anything resembling a novelty song. It can be fun to see in person, but it's not quite the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was not the case at all with the show. Those songs worked incredibly well out of context, at least for that room. But I have a feeling that in any room they would have worked really well. And uh, they were so engaging. And of course, top of that list is Rachel Bloom, who through the show acts as both one of the performers, if not the primary performer, but also the MC of the evening. So she's doing some bits. She's setting up other people's numbers. She's bantering with the audience. She's positively filthy, which should be expected (laughs) to anyone who's seen the show, right? Um, And it was, she was just incredibly entertaining, working nonstop to make sure everybody involved, both on stage and off, was having a great time. Uh, And the set list was kind of all over the place. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure really where to start there. But if you're wondering, maybe if some of your favorites got done, I can let you know. Yeah, surely. Uh, Was there like one standout piece? No, God, no, they were all amazing. Just Um, all hits. Tens across the board. Yeah, absolutely. Legitimately. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Everything was great. Everybody got time in the spotlight. There were things that they did that um, that I think fans wouldn't have expected. I'm not going to spoil some of it because the tour is still going on. Granted, there are only like five more nights. And at this point, if you don't have tickets, you're probably not seeing it. But just in case, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. So I'm going to keep things like the closing number and how that's done. And they do fit hot guys have problems too. And there's a fun twist in there oh i guess he spoils that in our yeah 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 okay um so you'll have heard about uh fit hot guys and pete gardner coming out in fireman's pants tear away (laughs) fireman's pants it was a damn delight that's lovely but beyond that it was just it was amazing to see a how good they all sounded in person you expect rachel and donna lynn uh, in particular to sound amazing because they both come out of music theater. That's also true of Vincent Rodriguez and Gabrielle Ruiz. Um, but I think of both of them as being primarily dancers, not the case. They all sounded amazing. Scott and Foster sounded incredible. He sang let's have intercourse. And it was just the most charming thing. They also did horny, angry tango, which I didn't expect oh, nice. and did the, this is our horizontal horny, angry tango bit like on the ground and everything. That was amazing. Pete Gardner did get and by one of nice. the only costume changes in the show came out in the white pants and the white jacket and the purple polo and the entire cast was out there with inflatable brass instruments like they they were a band doing backup and stuff while everybody was great the one that really shut it down is Donalyn Champlin who was on her very first night of the tour you'll hear a little bit about that in a minute but got not only a standing ovation on her first entrance but a standing ovation every time she sang some of her group numbers got standing o's too but her three individual songs all got standing ovations uh huh. Did did she get to do first penis? I saw. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She did. Um. Uh. Maybe this dream, and then first penis, and then face your fears. Nice. Um. And they were all incredible. They also did less generalized, but men. They did fuck ton of cats. That was great. Um. Mm-hmm. They did. It was just really, really wonderful. Any other takeaways, like from the night? Like, what was your immediate reaction upon walking out? Like, what what feelings washed over you at that moment? You know, it was um. A lot. Uh, It's strange to answer that question just as me. I think this is an experience that not everybody would share. Mm -hmm. But because I've engaged with this show on a a personal and professional level since before it premiered, um, at this point I've written I don't know how many thousands of words. 
If we assume, <laughs> so let's assume like. Because you've written about every episode, right? Every episode. So if we assume 1,000 words per episode, which is lowballing it, it's definitely more than that. But just for the sake of easy math, it would be 18, 13, and 13. So what the fuck is 18 plus 26? Uh, I'm getting like, <laughs> I don't know. Oh my <laughs> Hold God. On. We're both tired. 44. Okay. So discounting <laughs> interviews, discounting um, op-eds, discounting our list, discounting writing about individual things for like other lists and stuff. Just the weekly reviews I do for the AV club, that alone, 44,000 words I've written about this show. Yeah, that's, and that's that a is book. That's a literal ex- tome. Yeah, it's an extremely low estimate because it's higher. I would guess it's probably fourteen to 1,600 words per episode. You know, it's the first show that I covered weekly that didn't get canceled for the AV club. It's mm-hmm. a show that speaks to me on a personal level, just as somebody who deals with mental illness in my own life, has watched other people struggle with mental illness, um, who thinks a lot about what it's like to be a woman and how storytelling tropes engage femininity and engage mental illness and engage romance and all of these things. It's um, It would be my catnip show even if I weren't engaging with it with so much of my brain for such a significant portion of my career. So I was pretty overwhelmed, honestly. I was in, because I'm writing about it, I was taking notes. I was writing down the set list. I was jotting down thoughts the whole time. So I was obviously enjoying it and really engaged both as a fan and as a critic as I was watching. But when I was leaving, it was like strange. It was Mm -hmm. joyful, absolutely. And it made me feel like a part of something bigger because I was in this room full of people who care about that show in the way that I do, who love it and who cherish it as this really terrific piece of art. Mm -hmm. Was there a sense of kinship you felt with the audience? Sort of. And I was alone, right? Uh Like I went, because I was going as a critic, I went, I had friends in the audience, but like I was in a separate section. I was in this like little reserve section, mostly with (laughs) family members of people who are either performing or who work on the show. So that was really weird. (laughs) Um, And I just felt like I was an intruder, but yeah, definitely a sense of kinship. Mostly I was just really grateful that there were so many people who love it and grateful that the people who are involved took such obvious pleasure in the work that they make and in the people that they work with and within the people that were there to see them they were obviously so excited to share this experience with the audience and that was very moving honestly plus like how fucking weird is it (laughs) we talked about fuck ton of cats when it was on television and that was like what a month and a half ago two months ago something like that it was one of the first episodes we did yeah so Two months ago, I was watching that on television, and then <laughs> then it's in front of you, and then I saw it live, and it was the version with the swears, and yay, you know, people came out with cat ears on and shit, and I just <laughs> she went, she went, I want a fuck ton of you guys, and I was like, that makes me look so hard again <laughs> in person. It was really something else. Oh, that's great. And speaking of something else, we spoke obviously with Mr. Rodriguez the third. Before I saw the show, I got to speak with Donalyn Champlin, who I think is, you know, obviously Rachel is the crazy ex-girlfriend MVP. It would be total bullshit to pretend otherwise. She's the (laughs) songwriter, the co-creator. She's one of the show's writers. She's executive producing. She creates all this stuff with 
Aline and then is the lead. Like it would be bullshit to say otherwise. But if Rachel is the MVP, then Donalyn Champlin is like the secondary MVP. <laughs> yeah. I, the second most valuable player. Yeah. The almost most valuable player. I don't know. We're not sports folks. No matter how many WrestleManias we've seen. We're, we're not. But she, and that's actually not true. I'm a huge basketball fan, but it would be inaccurate to say that she was like the second team all-star because that doesn't make sense. Anyway, she's amazing. Sure. And um, is incre- speaks incredibly thoughtfully about the show and about her role on it and the tour. So it was such a delight to get to speak with her about what her experience has been like. And she talked a lot about this season as a whole, but mostly about what it's been like to do this, the show for the fans. Uh, And I'm excited that everybody gets to listen to it. Roll the tape. Here we go. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm sure that it must be a pretty crazy month for you with the tour and everything else you've got going on. So I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. And I'm just, so how was the tour? It was a blast. You know, it was, uh, it was a whirlwind. And I think, you know, here's the thing, like when you're in the theater, you just have more time to like bond with each other and hang with each other, you know, because of like the rehearsal element and the traveling element, you know, like when you're on tour, you just have so much more time to like bond as friends. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to do that on the set because sometimes we're not called at the same time. Like I rarely have scenes with Vinny. I rarely have scenes with David Hall. And, and then you're on set and you have to be quiet, obviously. And, you know, you have to be on some level of alert in case they need you. You know, so it, you can't ever really relax on set and like hang out with people. So I have to say, like, I mean, the crowds and the fans have been amazing. Like, They've made us feel like rock stars, which is nothing at all like we had expected. <laughs> you know, I mean, the whole the whole you know tour experiment has been one pleasant surprise after another. I mean, the fact that we not only sold out but sold out within the first ten minutes. You know <laughs> that we go to these places and the fans are just so amazing and they cheer and we feel like you know like rock stars and it's so unusual for us, you know, cause that's just, <laughs> you know, it's just, we just never expected it. So it was just sort of one pleasant surprise after another, but I have to say one of the, one of the best parts of, of touring has been like just hanging out with, with everyone. Um, you know, because there's a bonding that sort of happens when you go on the road that just doesn't happen in any other circumstance. You know, we've had a chance to, you know, bond in that way, which is which is a really special thing. That's great. I assume that you've done tours, maybe not like rock tours or like concert tours, but I'm assuming you've done uh, like national tours, regional tours with musicals. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah definitely. It, it's a. I'm guessing a totally different experience. It's a completely well. The performance aspect is completely different. Because usually if you do a national tour, you sit down at least for a week or half a week, you know, so you, you travel, you have a travel day and then, you know, you have a tech day and then you do your show and you have days off and you can go visit the city and, you know, you like, you you can sort of, you know, relax. It's a bit, it's a, it's a slower pace, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and the venues that you play theaters. So there's a certain sort of, um, uniformity to every house that you go to that you can always sort of expect. Like you can always expect, 
the layout to be the same or, you know, the access to backstage is going to be the same or the number of, you know, there's a, there's a, a uniformity to it. Um, whereas with this, I mean, we were traveling on the same day as we were, you know, basically we would be like, you know, we're in Chicago, we do a show and then we get up at 6 a.m. and then we take a flight to Boston and then we get there and then we tech and then we do a show and then we get up the next morning at like 7 a.m. and then we fly to D.C. So it was it was a challenge to honestly remain healthy <laughs> just with the schedule itself. It was a very, 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 very condensed schedule and every house that we went to was just vastly different than the one we had been in the night before, you know, from access of stage right and stage left, you know, one one theater, we really couldn't even access stage left, and that's where all their entrances are from. So we had to, at the last minute, go, okay, let's reverse everything, and everything got reversed, and we all came in from the other side of the <laughs> So you, you kind of just have, but that's part of the, I mean, it was a little bit a part of the fun, where it was sort of like, you know, again, that tour mentality where, you know, you just all of you collectively get thrown into a situation and you all have to support each other and have each other's back. You know, before every show, usually before every show, like in the theater, you'll say break a leg or marriage or whatever. And and what we started saying to each other was, I have your back, 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 I have your back. And we would just say that <laughs> to everyone because that was really kind of the mantra that we had. And, you know, the fact that we kind of, we finally made it to New York and, you know, people had gotten sick, but like no one had like, you know, really fallen, fallen down to the mattresses. Like everyone was able to sort of maintain, you know, a certain level of vocal health for the show, which was a big concern with all the traveling and, yeah, and everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, so by the time we got to New York, I think we were all like, we made it. We did it, you know, and then we, you know, traveled yesterday, but we didn't have a show, and then we have a show tonight, but we slept in our own bed, so it it was, it was like touring emotionally, but like physically, it was very different. It was like being put in a blender compared <laughs> to, you know, like if you go on the road with a national tour, my experience sure. anyway, yeah. To the sort of feeling like a rock star. I don't want to project an emotion onto you or anything, but I was at the Chicago show. And one of the things that struck me, first of all, it was just so enjoyable to watch you all obviously having such a good time. Um, yeah. You, know, you you watch TV shows and movies and things, and it's nice to sort of imagine that everyone gets along, but jobs are jobs and surely not everyone gets along. But this was like, it was like you were all having a party and it just happened to be in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> it was so Yeah, fun. that's pretty accurate. Yeah. And we, I mean, we just, we do really love each other. I mean, we always have, you know, so this, just having this experience together kind of just really cemented that. For us, because it's funny, cause, because before, <laughs> before we left for tour, I think Rachel and I were chatting. She was like, I just really hope that we all don't hate each other by the end of this, because this schedule is so impossible. And I was like, A, there's not enough time. And B, I really think it's going to be the opposite. I think we're all going to just, you know, band together and we'll be closer by the end of it. And that's exactly what happened, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, the shows themselves, and we – you know, we're in the wings cheering each other on. We're peaking. You know, we we enjoy we enjoy watching each other perform live. I think as much as the fans do. 
you know, well, we really enjoy it, and you know, we we cheer each other on from the wings, and it it really is a you know a love fest up there. Mm-hmm. Was there a particular highlight for you to watch? Is there someone else's number that was especially fun for you, or there obviously there are group numbers as well. Was there something you got to do? I mean, I. I mean, honestly, I could say that about every number. I think the number that really affects me, though, which honestly I can't watch because I kind of have to be backstage. But the thing, I texted this seriously the other day, the fact that when Rachel sings Stupid Bitch, um, you remember how that was shot, right? That was shot mm-hmm. as sort of a legendary star whose material is so familiar to her fans that they can sing it with her. And it's just sort of this meta this fantastically karmic meta moment for me <laughs> just listening to it backstage when she does what she did when we shot it, which was everybody sing with me. And then she drops out and the audience sings her lyrics back to her like we shot it. And I just, I mean, we did that season one and for me, there's just something, I mean, magical about it that she sort of envisioned this number two, three years ago of this character who had a following (laughs) so loyal that they knew the words to her song. And now here we are three years later and it's, it's reality. Mm -hmm. And whenever that happens, whenever she does that, that moment in the song where she says, sing it with me. And the whole audience sings the song back to her, I cry. I cry every night. To me, it's just so full circle, powerful, meta. It overwhelms me every night to to hear her have that experience and know that she just created it. She manifested that for herself. It's, it's, it's overwhelming to me. And I'm just so, I, I'm just so happy for her when that happens. Yeah, that was um, one of the moments that really struck me, too. My favorite song, favorite's not the right word. That's, to me, the song from the show that's the most uh, affecting. It's one that I spend a lot of time thinking about and have, at this point, now spent a lot of time writing about. But hearing other people sing it and then singing it, you know, being in this crowd of people who all know the words to this song was really something else. Um, one of the other things that really struck me, and I apologize for putting you on the spot here, I was a little moved by how surprised you seemed to be getting these raucous standing ovations every time you did a song. <laughs> the only show that I had done prior to Chicago was Largo. And Largo was, I mean, a very small house in comparison, very intimate and even then it was it was overwhelming the sort of wall of sound that the audience made but it was handleable <laughs> and so Chicago, and then i didn't do seattle and portland i i had mommy stuff to do so i couldn't join them until chicago so they warned me how sort of overwhelming it is when you walk out and everyone screams like that it's it's like being hit by a wall of sound and they tried to warn me, but there, I don't think there's any preparing anybody for that. And look, I've been in the business a long time. I may have experienced that kind of sound maybe once or twice before in my entire career, which is extensive. And even then, it's only at the end of a show where you, I feel as a performer, I've earned it. Mm-hmm. You know, 
you it's easier to for me it's easier to sort of accept that kind of i mean huge outpouring of love after i feel like i I've, I've entertained you <laughs> so i found it i found it very overwhelming and it, it started to make me cry it started to make me tear up and i didn't want to tear up because i cannot you know you just can't sing this, that maybe this dream unless you're like 100% in the pocket. And, <laughs> and so it was, it was, and it, you know, it's also the live performer aspect in me where it's like, you know, I haven't done anything yet. <laughs> I haven't done anything yet. You know, don't, don't lower your expectations. Like, you know, <laughs> because for any, any live performer, before you do your number, there's always that moment because you just don't know. I mean, it's like, you know, tight rope walking without a net. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, any no, any live performer, no matter how good they are, how experienced they are, there is always a possibility that you'll forget your words or you'll crack a note or, you know, it's always there. And so it's almost, I, I found it very intimidating to get that response before I sang because you just don't know if the song that you're about to sing is going to go well. And you don't ever want the audience to think, oh, she's about, oh, wait a second. <laughs> like, you just don't want that. Sure. So I was very surprised. I was very overwhelmed. I was incredibly touched. But I, it also made me very nervous. <laughs> you know, so it was, it was a very interesting experience. I've gotten better. Like, literally, when I came off the stage from doing Maybe This Dream, my whole body was shaking. And it wasn't from nerves necessarily. It was from, I just really feel like the energy from the audience was just so intense. It made my body vibrate. If that ever happens when I'm doing like a musical, that happens at the end of the show. Sure. Yeah. And you take your bow and you fuck off. Like, you know, like it doesn't, you don't have the rest of the show to go through. I got better at sort of channeling it as we went. But Chicago in particular, it was, I had a moment where I was I was scared that I was going to be so overwhelmed I wouldn't be able to do the song well and then everyone would be disappointed. <laughs> well, that obviously you know, didn't happen. <laughs> I was so relieved. Oh, I was so relieved when I got to the end of that damn song. I was like, whew. <laughs> I was Thank you, Lord. Very pleasantly surprised that you did maybe this dream. I sort of assumed that that one was like, the kind of jam that you do in a booth when you have a giant bottle of water with you and you can make sure you hit all the notes. I did not expect can to see I it tell in you the a theater. Secret? Yes, please. No, here's the thing. I'm a soprano, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe this dream out of all the songs that I have ever sung on this show is the easiest. Really? It's technically very difficult because you have to vocally jump through a whole bunch of hoops and you got to be clean as a whistle. Like you can't have any phlegm, you got to be hydrated. My margin of error for that for that song is is enti- very very small, but because I am a trained classical soprano, that range is the most familiar to me. I spent decades of my life living in that area, so ironically, that song is the easiest song out of all of my rep. Wow, it's the least risky because the other ones. You know, at first, penis is a little difficult for me because there's a lot of bouncing around, and the the mix on stage is always very difficult for for the sound engineer to get because a he's probably heard it like you know once if at all at soundcheck, 
And it's it's very hard to sort of keep track of that song. And then Face Your Fears is easy, but then the chorus comes in, and then I, I just plant myself in front of a monitor and hope that I can hear what I'm doing. But <laughs> Made of This Dream is actually the easiest one because it's just me, and I don't have to – there's no backup vocals. There, I don't have choreography. I can just stand and sing it. Isn't that weird? I mean, it makes perfect sense when you put it that way. But, yeah, that was when that music started. I was like, well, holy shit. I can't believe they're going for this. It was funny, too, because they were, you know, the music department, which I totally get because they were like, look, you know, you're used to the classical world. You're used to, you know, this is not going to go over. This is not going to go over. And I was like, okay, I disagree, but I respect your opinion. So let's have, let's do an experiment in Chicago. Let's do an experiment. Let's do it. And let's do, you know, let's do all three because we were going to cut one. You know, we were going to cut one of my songs. And I said, that's totally fair. And I really wanted to do Maybe This Dream and, and Face Your Fears. And they really wanted me to do First Penis because Rachel had been doing it in some of the concerts where I wasn't at. And it was going over like gangbusters. Like they were really trying to like, they were like, no, 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 you got to do it. It'll be great. And it's going over. So I was like, okay, let's do all three. And then we'll see how it plays in Chicago. And I will be the first one to drop whichever one gets the least amount of response. Mm-hmm. And I knew maybe the stream would go well only because we had done it already at that, like, for your consideration thing, like the year before. But I think we were all shocked <laughs> at the <laughs> response that it got. And so we actually ended up uh, keeping all, all three in the show. But that Chicago one was a sort of an experiment. If it hadn't gone well in Chicago, it probably would have been cut. Oh, well, I'm so glad that it did then because, man, that was a real highlight for me. Um, I'm so glad. I mean, oh, we, were God, all, you know, we were all surprised because that was the first time my rep got put in the show, really, on a, on, you know, at a big city. So we, you know, everyone else's stuff had been sort of tried and true by then because they'd had three shows on the West Coast. So that night for me was a lot of like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. Okay. It was a lot of surprises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I think they all came off pretty well, and that's also true of the group numbers. I was so thrilled that you all did Let's Generalize About Men, seeing Fuck Ton of Cats Live was really fun. Is there anything that you didn't get to do that you sort of wish they'd found a way to sneak in? Oh, my gosh. I mean, for me personally, no. I mean, I really wanted to do maybe this stream and face your fears. Those were the two that I really wanted to do, and I love um, – by. I love generalize. I love like I love everything we pick. I mean, I'm sure Rachel has a list of my along of of songs that she wish she could have done. I'm I'm pretty happy with the group. I love yoga. Yoga <laughs> is one of my favorite parts of the whole night. That number. First of all, I love watching Gabrielle Ruiz just take control. Mm-hmm. That is one of the most exciting parts of the whole night for me is the way she just walks on. Because, you know, we come from, we both come from musical theater and she's, you know, this amazing dancer and choreographer. And and it's just a familiar energy to me to watch someone like Gabrielle, who's who would be our dance captain or be our choreographer, you know, in my world. And just watch her just take control of the whole thing, the audience, bossing everybody <laughs> around, like something about it gives me such joy um, and I feel so comfortable because I just feel like whenever she's in control, like when she takes control of that number, I just feel like, whew, we're in good hands, everybody. Everybody just relax. <laughs> Gabrielle's doing the yoga number. 
Everybody's just doing what she says. I yeah, it's like, a really good cross section. Mm-hmm. That I, I had a similar feeling about um, women got to stick together. It was she just felt so comfortable, and like everybody was just like the whole audience was there for her. Everybody in the show was there for her. It was like for these two little like three minute chunks. It was just kind of her world, and we were all in it. It was yeah. really fun. Yeah, I think she's, I, you know, I mean, I've always been a fan of hers even before this show, but I, you know, what's really interesting and what I kind of love is we've kind of on the road created a rep company in that everyone has their own energy or persona on stage. And it's kind of like a little rainbow, you know, like mm. Pete is, you know, the goofy, crazy, lovable, you know, bouncy teeth tigger. You know, and then like Gabrielle is like, you know, Debbie, the Debbie Allen of the group. You know, she is just in control and you don't fuck with her and she's just like a master. And then Rachel, of course, is just Rachel. She's our Wunderkind. She's our, she's our MC. She's our everything. Scott is the sexy, you know, charming guy. Vinny is our old school classic guy, you know, and I'm the mommy. You know, I mean, I just kind of, you know, like I'm, I'm sort of the mommy of the of the group, and it's it's really fun that we've sort of these personalities that I think we always had on set have sort of been crystallized, and and you know everyone there's nobody in our in our cast that sort of duplicates somebody else's energy. Everyone is just so incredibly different. And that's been really fun uh, in these concerts is to sort of watch everybody kind of really lean into this sort of on-stage persona. Everyone's found a place, you know, to be distinct from the other. And it's sort of like, it feels like a rep company, you know? Well, Donalyn, thank you so much. And uh, break away tonight. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that's Donalyn. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I loved it so much. She's so nice. Like, as you can tell, I'm totally geeked and she's so generous with her time and her thoughts. And she is being a a little self-deprecating and saying that when people started cheering for her in the early moments of the show that she hadn't earned it yet because she, like her very first number was maybe the stream. And granted, she did get a standing ovation as soon as she came out. But she also got one after that song, which was totally well-deserved. And as were all the others. If you uh-huh. if you get a chance to see her sing live in any context, I really under I really recommend it. She brought the house down. So beautiful. So that is our crazy ex girlfriend live show special. Mm, how neat! If you have more questions about it, or if you went and want to talk about it, because I've been dying to talk about the show since I saw it, please reach out. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter at TV Party COS. On Facebook at Facebook.com/slash TV Party Pod. Please come find us there. It really helps us to know what you guys want us to talk about, what you're watching, what you're excited about. Uh, if you have a question you'd like answered, you can reach out to us at either of those places or by emailing tvparty at consequenceofsound.net. You can leave us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, Stitcher, Google Play Music, whatever your podcast platform may be. 
TV Party is a production of the Consequence Podcast Network. Check out our expanding roster of music, film, and television podcast programming at consequenceofsound.net. This show is recorded and produced in Chicago, Illinois, and recorded and engineered by the guy who didn't go see the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend <laughs> live show. Oh, rub it in, why don't you? <laughs> Clint Worthington. Thank you so much to Vincent Rodriguez III and Donalyn Champlin for taking the time to talk with us. Thanks to CBS for making it possible for me to see this show. Thanks to you for listening. If you want to read more about what that show is like, you can find that at consequenceofsound.net. And thanks to, I don't know, the coffee that I drank to, for making this podcast possible. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> now let's go to the TV after after party. Yeah, and the after 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 party. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Consequence Podcast Network.